0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Reflex Blue Show. I'm your host, Donovan Beering. We're recording from the brand-on-brand conference here in Omaha 2019. This is the second year uh, they've done it. Once again, it's AEF Omaha, AIJ Nebraska, AMA Omaha, PRSA Nebraska Chapter, and they have brought in the International Association of Business Communicators, which must have a Nebraska chapter as well, so they added in the AIBC. This is a lot of acronyms, Daryl.
1: Five major professional marketing clubs coming together to put on one-day conference of development and inspiration.
0: Yeah, and, and we brought in and, and Daryl Anderson here from Clark Creative. Is it, is it Clark Creative or is it Clark? Clark Creative Group. But oh, Clark Creative Group. Okay, okay. I always forget because, you know, we, we work in these businesses and people, they just shorten whatever. They just know you as, oh, you work over at Clark. or And that's Clark. pretty much the way it is. Okay. Like so
1: Clark Creative, oh, I'm at Clark. I mean, it's... But the actual legal legal name is Clark Creative Group Advertising. Oh, okay. But, so, so then
0: I missed that I missed I missed the advertising. And all the other other yeah, we don't too, even okay. put it on stuff anymore. Yeah, and it, <laughs> is it Clark Creative Group Advertising with their land? That's just dot com. That's just the legal whole thing. It's really yeah. Clark Creative Group.com. Yes. Okay. Great. Daryl, you, you've been with the AAF, we brought you in, you're, you're, you're actually helping with this whole event, which is the second year you've done it. And this is great, we're here in the Embassy Suites, in the proper side of the building this year. Last year, I guess they, they moved you over to the right side, yep. now you're back on the left side, or Correct. something like that.
1: It's kind of a nice change. It's definitely, we were crowded into a smaller space last year. This year, the conference has expanded. We've added more breakout sessions, so we needed more rooms, to spread out in. We also increased the attendance number this year. So we just needed more space in general. We also have more sponsors. We needed a bigger sponsor area for people to represent themselves. So it's just every year it's kind of, well, second year. (laughs) It's growing. We're growing. I tell you what though,
0: last year I know was the first year, but, but it went so smooth it felt like you're already three, four years into this thing. So... This has just begun, but so far, I mean, it feels like this has been around for, for a decade now. But Isn't that great? Yeah. It, 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 and i and I got to give credit to all the volunteers and, and, and the whole committee. that Absolutely. And the 5,000 acronyms that, <laughs> that, that all bring us here.
1: It's a very fantastic panel with everybody bringing some very specific qualities to the group to help with whether it be logistics, whether it be design, whether it be speakers, you know, hotel management, everybody's playing a role and everybody's working together so phenomenally. That's what I think creates this sense of community that feels like it's been around forever. And I think it also just goes to show the need for a type of conference like this here in the Midwest.
0: Well, it's it's fun too, because, you know, I've gone I've to a lot of design conferences and, and I've gone to non-design conferences, but this one, it's like, a mix. Yeah, it's a mix. So, so, so you come in, you see all the, you know, the people that I expect to see at a design conference here in Omaha. But then you see the other people that you always saw, or they work with the designers and, and so forth. You know, I think we were talking to, to, to Sue beforehand because she was asking what the makeup was, and I'm like, well, everyone here, it's, you know, I'm coming from it from the design perspective, but everyone that's not a designer is probably only one or two rings out. It's, right. You know, they 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 work with creatives in some way.
1: And I I think the quality of programs that's being presented allows for that just because of the five clubs coming together all have a specialty. And so each club is bringing a part of their specialty to the conference. You know, so we have a great addition of Adobe doing a self-branding workshop this year. You know, that's fantastic for new and upcoming designers to get that chance on how to market themselves as well as build their digital footprint online. Then we have a group coming in from Chicago that does fantastic digital advertising for luxury brands um, such as Lancome, Solo Cup, and not only do they do the digital, but they do the dashboard.
0: All right, we're we're gonna have to go off here. Did you call Solo Cup a luxury brand? Because I I like that, I, I do like that.
1: They have a bunch of <laughs> items in their family. Um, one of those being recyclable products yeah. of a high-end model, okay. so they will consider it as a luxury.
0: Well, I, I will say, you know, if I if I go to a party and someone breaks out the, the solo cups, I'm I, I'm I know that you know the,
1: <laughs> that it's a fancy party. That it's fancy. Yeah, and you're gonna be playing beer pong.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and and the champagne yeah. the Dom Perrier or whatever is coming out very shortly.
1: Yeah. In so. sustainable cups. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so Daryl, you've been at Clark Creative Group Advertising for for as as long as I've known you. I mean, for what,
1: I 17 mean, years now.
0: Okay. Cuz I'm like I've known you for probably 15 years. Correct. So so yeah, it's okay, 17 years. And I had a I had a student that um I'm teaching again. I've been for the last couple of years, but but I had a student uh, like a week or two ago. They were talking about I think what what the market was because because I think it's it's funny when when you're when you're like a student in, in the design programs, you think that oh well Cody used to work with me and then he went and worked Correct. and worked with you like he's off now in Chicago in Chicago working on the Google account for. Um, BSA part. And that's and that's what I think like students think is like, oh yeah, like places like Google need a designer or the advertising agency or, or you know, obviously Coca-Cola needs a designer. Absolutely. And they forget that that's like a very small portion of the actual work in this industry. Right. Because they asked me like, what are you working on? And I'm like, like you see you're going to see like none of it. Like I'm, I'm doing work for a company that's, that's in town where if you're not in their industry... You would never see their work. Because right. they don't they don't they only advertise to people in their industry that would then advertise to possibly someone like you.
1: That's funny that you mentioned that because I kinda refer to myself as the accidental advertiser. Okay. You know, I really started off with a degree in fine arts and was going down the path of illustration and during my senior show they kinda looked at my design layouts and they said, Eh, you're going into advertising, you'll never be back for the <laughs> masters funny how people see into that Um, so I spent time in Kansas City doing side illustration and one of the companies that I was illustrating and doing some side work for was a beauty supply house down there in that region of Hutchinson and Kansas City they had a company up here in Omaha that did the Colorado and Iowa region and they lost their in-house designer and asked me to move back to Omaha and work in-house for them doing marketing for the health and beauty industry, which is like for um, brands like Biolage and Matrix and Redken and all of those salon beauty brands that oh, you sure. know about, and then as an aside, as a member, I was also doing branding for startup salons here across the region. So Creative Hair Design, Salantino, some of those earlier names, if you remember. So I was there for several years, kind of just actually being a solo designer. For salons, creating their menus, their entire interior branding, doing some environmental, really giving them a look and feel, and then I was grabbed by Baker Supermarkets and recruited there, kind of at a pretty young age, at 25.
0: Yeah, and Baker's and Baker's is a, is a is for those who aren't in the Omaha area. is is, a, is it's, it's a regional ish. Well, it was supermarket. It was a local family owned market.
1: Right. That those, had 14 locations, and then. They also had several big box stores like Food for Less, No Frills, and then they went and they sold to Kroger, right, and yeah. got absorbed into the machine,
0: right. But but if you're not from here, like you you know you haven't yeah yeah you don't you know you what a
1: Bakers is, but yeah, it was one of the higher end grocers of the Omaha market, and they were, you know, very cognitive about their interior design experience and what that should feel. They had very strong brand standards that I got to work with Anderson Partners with. So that was kind of my real introduction to Omaha advertising agencies and uh, developing campaign with them. And I don't know if you recall it, but the Card Shark campaign. I
0: I don't know if I do or not. But it was a very... I I moved here like after college, like, and there's no Bakers where, you know, in the rest of Nebraska. Right.
1: So yeah, so it's, I really got... You know, a good sense of um, brand management as well as promotional advertising and a lot of environmental design, working there and managing a team of nine designers, doing your weekly grocery ads on a deadline, as well as doing all of your great big promo giveaway posters and, you know, support materials that go along with those types of programs. After that I went into a castling company, which is a combination of three healthcare companies, big MRI machines, to 3D ultrasounds. And so we had a small three-team agency within Castling where we were doing their websites, we were doing our intranet, we were developing brands for the three subsidiaries and marketing them. We were doing trade show booths and taking those out on the road and launching these companies. So once again, I kind of had this brand management aspect and development going on in this micro world. And so I was there for several years until I just felt it was getting a little too small for me. I was getting a little bored and I needed more brands to work on. (laughs) So that's right. kind of when I started looking around Omaha and looking at different agencies. I Had been talking to a design company, Turnpost, here in Omaha. They weren't hiring at the time, but they passed my name on to Clark Creative, and I got a phone call for them. Came in for an interview,
0: and then just it felt and it like never home. Left. It felt yeah. like home,
1: and there I found my place.
0: Yeah. It's it's kind of funny because you 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 in a way were doing what you would do at an ad agency and probably didn't even realize it when you started.
1: Right, I was teaching myself how to run a micro agency. Yeah, doing all the work and you know going out and I mean this is like before internet internet really. Yeah. You know, so like a lot of resources weren't out there, so you know I was winging it a lot of the time.
0: <laughs> and I and I think and I think people also think that. You know there there are a lot of non agency jobs that are you know in house that feel kind of the same. But I think I think you made the other thing I always tell people, which is I think exactly what you end up doing was, if if you either quit learning or you're not proud of the work, either either one of the two, it's probably time to start moving on. Absolutely. And so it's it's good that you did. Well, I think I think what what, what a lot of Not only that, but but we still do this work, but just because it's not Google or or Coca-Cola, like other companies need the same work. So like right now you say you're doing a lot of work for, there would be local Nebraska or Omaha-based companies. Right.
1: You know, the biggest account that I'm working on right now is Visit Omaha, and that's our statewide tourism effort. And that's a fantastic account to work with the Convention and Visitors Bureau on. It's outward regional marketing, and being able to dissect omaha really get into its nooks and crannies experience what's authentically omaha and to market those experiences out to the city outside of the city is just in a phenomenal experience on its own i've been able to you know look at diversity and inclusion from city-wide perspective when you're coming from a somewhat conservative state but you're living in somewhat of a liberal city representing certain diversity can be a little hard Um, so really taking a snapshot of our city and making sure we're representing all aspects of diversity as well as being inclusive and representing that's really important too so representing mixed families representing lgbtq culture showing that in commercials digital advertising outside of our market is really refreshing to be able to have that opportunity and to watch tourism grow because of that
0: because you're not when you're talking tourism like hey come visit you're you're actually like when it's visit omaha you're not even it's different from the visit nebraska campaign correct it is literally like you just say, like, it's just this area. Yeah, correct. And, and you guys have the booth. If I remember right, last time you, if you get off the plane, the airport here is not real big, which is actually, I think, a selling point because they can't airport. get lost in it. Right. <laughs> you can get in, you can get out pretty easily. But it's like the booth right there, the Visit right. Omaha booth. It's, it's, you, you get spaces like that. So what, what type of research do you have to do other than just going to town? Like, do you have to actually go out to places you wouldn't otherwise?
1: We do some area research, I travel quite a bit on my own, so that just comes naturally to me when I'm out. That's just experiential as it is, so I bring that back. However, in conjunction with uh, the Convention and Visitors Bureau, we have solicited outside research groups to research tourism and conventioneering in the perception of Omaha. How do people outside of here what do they perceive Omaha as?
0: Both good and bad, I assume. Both good
1: and bad. And that goes all the way across the board from dining to entertainment to meeting space to rooms available to the quality of rooms available. You know, are, are certain a- conventions going to be able to come here? As a tourist, are we going to offer you experiences that are unique to you and what you're looking for?
0: What's the most surprising thing that you found through that research about people's thoughts of Omaha?
1: You know, it's you, we hear it all the time that we're a flyover state, and you know we're out in the middle of cornfields, and that perception really carries coast to coast. So getting people here, like putting defined experiences out there that entice people—you know, world's largest zoo in. Microbrewing's big here and you know we're one of the top foodie cities getting those messaging out to specific demographics and then getting them to Omaha is really what's helping change our perception once people get here and experience our city they love the culture they love the hospitality they love what it has to offer they love the confineness of the city it's easy to get around and get from one attraction to another. But it's really the people that make it. And when people leave, whether it be for a vacation or for a convention, people take that perception and spread it out. And you'll hear people say, oh, yeah, I heard somebody talk about how great Omaha really is and that you should get there and, yeah. you know, check this out. Check that out.
0: I, I will say, we, we whenever the family, whenever we go on a vacation now, it seems that over the years it's becoming more and more. we go out to eat and it's like, man, Omaha has spoiled us. For going on vacations and eating because not that not that they're not that we haven't had great food out but like the average restaurant just seems like oh this isn't any better than what we have in town yeah you know? right. <laughs> like we it, i think it really has become a foodie city in that aspect where where you know you you're you know used to go on a vacation and be like oh we're going to go out to this restaurant and everything you go on would be amazing and now it's just like no this isn't better than the place just down the block
1: well being out in the midwest we are surrounded by fields and <laughs> And ranches, so farm to table comes really easy to us here. So yeah. uh freshness and dining and, is yeah. definitely an aspect. And, Oma- that Omaha, keeps us they, strong. We do like to eat here. We do like to eat here. And,
0: and we do <laughs> and we do it well. So But they've been but especially over the last I don't know how many years, they've, they've really upped the, the eating game in a way.
1: Absolutely. It's just really a market for um new and inventive dining.
0: Yeah. Alright, we're gonna be right back with Daryl Anderson. <laughs> So Daryl, we got one, one last segment. We you know we we like to we always like that one of the questions we always like to ask is what do you what do you tell people that are that are trying to get into the field now?
1: It's changed so dramatically since we went to school. You know, when I graduated college, we didn't even have Macs yet. Oh, geez. You know, so I was still doing paste up on boards, and some of my earliest jobs was waxing up tight.
0: Okay, now now when I graduated. They had Max, and actually, when I when I went to school, the the semester I went to school was the same. now it took me two years to get into the program, but but that was the the same year that they took out the airbrush lab and put it in the computer lab. <laughs> right. So airbrush. we still had we still <laughs> had the class we still had the class that talked about, and we, we would have to do like a paste up just to show because you know it was still current enough. But by the time I got in, like I I got right into the switch.
1: Isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, I went to Northwest Missouri Show State, me. and I'll never forget getting the first 2SI little okay. box and being in the fine arts program. And as part, as one of my senior painting projects, I had to do a still life in Mac paint oh, <laughs> with this spray can. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of where I started at yeah. with a Mac, um, was using Mac paint. And then later on, just setting type and pasting it up and... You know, not having to ink type for the first time in my life was you know, a godsend.
0: Yeah, as I said, I, I was I was still it was still um I think Photoshop still only had one undo, but it had just introduced layers by the time I got in there. So so it was it wasn't like I was using the Mac like we're using it now in any way. Right. Oh, it's
1: so different. Some of the principles are still the same, which is really fantastic. And that's one thing I try to teach my designers as I bring them up. You know, like you said, I've been at Clark 17 years as creative director now. And the thing about working in a boutique agency is your turnover for designers, you know, is relatively high. Every few years you have a designer, you know, moving up and out of the ranks to something bigger and better, you know, and then we have to onboard, you know, new junior designers. So as creative director, I actually also see myself as kind of the development and education guy. And bringing talent up within the agency, teaching them not only through software but also teaching them through history and showing them, you know, why things developed, such as layers and channels, and how that applied, you know, to the very beginning of layouts and how things were produced and how they were built upon. And I think that's one thing my designers always come back to me when they leave is thanking me for the education and the development and patience that I had to bring them up in the industry. Cause there's even you know today there's so much that's just left left out of school when it comes to practical purpose.
0: Well and I don't and I don't and I don't blame the schools. I know I've heard people No, say you like, can only oh, we get so much in. Why didn't our schools teach us these things? And it's like, because yeah, they plus this this profession is so broad, like they can't can't teach everything
1: right right
0: so and i you know so I also do a little teaching as well so I understand I'm like like we can't there's not there's just not the time there well I'm
1: 50 years old and I you know I'm still (laughs) going and taking after effects courses and honing my skill sets and developing those you know it's I'm not just a designer anymore you know it's now I'm shooting video and directing video and you know, working with editors on footage and sound. So it's, it's a never-ending process. It's, like we said, education should continue throughout your whole life. That's really the meaning of life, I think, is to continue to grow and learn.
0: Yeah, and also realize that whatever, you, whatever you're doing is not going to be what you're doing in five years, even if you're at the same job. Absolutely. Like, like, we don't build websites how we used to because Correct. nobody does, and that evolves. And, and you, may, you may go into animation, you may go into video. Who knows? And
1: following compliancy and stuff like that. Yeah. I thank God that I have people on my staff that take care of those aspects now and come back and tell me, no, sorry, you can't use that tone. It's not readable on websites.
0: <laughs> oh, right, right. I think I just saw, the last thing I saw on that was the because the, they're, they're worried about making things readable, is even the, the websites that, that say how what the tone should be and how much um, contrast should be in there. Even the websites that that detail the specs. They're they're not even following right because <laughs> all of a sudden people they're, they're they're making the backgrounds darker and the type lighter and it's like eventually um, it's all going to be one big gray. Mix. Yeah,
1: you still have a CEO that'll come in and be like, no, nope, I want that blue. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Well, thank you, thank you, Daryl, for the time, and look forward to the rest of the OnBrand conference. You guys are doing great, and and you're, I, I should say you're you're from the AAF part of the the five acronyms. putting this on, but. This is great. Where do people go out to find more about the on brand like for next year, years and before? Because, like, because there's like five organizations. What is the? Is there a specific URL for this? There's
1: onbrandcon.com.
0: Onbrandcon.com.
1: Yep. And then onbrand2019 Facebook. Of course, that'll change. Just to on brand after this year's conference, and am going rebrand next year with 2020.
0: Okay, well, thanks, and we'll uh, hopefully catch up with you later. Thanks, Donovan. Always a pleasure. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Murray is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab.